Oh yeah, it's Goblin Tension here. So, very clickbaitish title, which I'm intending to add to this episode. But uh, <laughs> the uh, the premise here is, have I made it? <laughs> uh, I remember watching a TV show once. I, I I wonder if it was one of these mockumentaries or whether it was real. I guess I should try to figure it out. It was about a uh, a company. You know, it's a bit, a bit like the office. A company that put in double glazing. I think they sold double glazing for houses. And uh, this this company's run by this pretty awful couple. You know, a bit of a power couple. Not very smart, but basically very greedy. Um, and you know, smart enough, willing to take risks. Anyway, at one point they buy uh, a, uh, a Range Rover, and they say they bought the Range Rover so that all the all the people would know that they, in quotes, had arrived. The Range Rover proved they had arrived. They had made it. <coughs> anyway, aside from that, I don't know why I divested into that, because it always just amused me. Um, so... Sorry, where was I? Just had to navigate around a, a dog and a, and a style. Anyway. Oh yes, so <laughs> the promise is, have I made it in RPGs? Okay, it's completely facetious, and um, but um, I guess what I'm—I guess what I've, I, my observation for today is that I start seeing a lot of these uh, Hexflower game engines that I kind of, um, well, for want of a better word, invented. I know Hexflowers, in a sort of more generalistic sense, did exist before I started tweaking them with my sort of system to turn them into little mini game engines with sort of edge rules and weighted mechanics and you know, other other little things like points and adversaries and different kind of variable directions and all the rest of it. Anyway, but I started seeing a lot of Hexflowers popping up, which, you know, it's really nice to see. But um, in the sort of last sort of, I don't know, year or so, I've noticed, or six months at least, that this is happening, but with no sort of, uh, if you like, reference to, um, well, me, <laughs> frankly. Um, and I suppose that's, in some ways, both flattering and also slightly kind of like, well, wouldn't mind getting a mention because then people can check out my stuff too and maybe see the uh, further ideas I've had about them. I mean, I think, it's, for example, I saw the thing on the, what's that, the Ice Maiden's Rhyme or whatever it is, that D&D setting. Someone came up with a, uh, a weather hex flower based on the sort of settings, a very very icy, very wintry. It was nice, it was, it was a pretty thing. And I think it got, got something like three or four hundred sort of upvotes. And so, oh look, I've come up with this great, this great weather hex flower. And people go, this is brilliant. Where did you come up, where, where did you come up with this idea? And they were like, yeah, this is how it works, da 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 da. I was like, really, no link? At that point, even, you know, I can get it when, oh, I, I've uploaded it, everyone says it's great. And then, and I forgot to mention that I basically borrowed some ideas from somewhere else. Um, but then to, so when someone asked where, where it came up to, it's like, yeah, there, it works like this. So anyway, like I say, it's a, uh, I don't know, a slight bit of vanity coming in there, I suppose. Um, but, and then, like more recently, I saw a, a Kickstarter again, which was using us, you know, using the same mechanic, uh, you know, edge rolls and all the rest of it. And again, uh, it wasn't really mentioned where they had sort of, you know, borrowed the idea. Now, I guess the question is, has, has this sort of concept that I've kind of been developing become so ubiquitous in a very small niche that it, uh, people no longer 
think of it as someone's idea and it's just more just you know I always think about the you know who's the guy who came up with 4d6 drop the lowest let's call him Calvin like Calvin's always no one ever references my idea of the 4d6 drop the lowest idea it's become so mainstream you know probably like the uh, advantage disadvantage mechanic um, I don't know how long that's been around. I mean, actually, ironically about that, I sort of independently came up with the idea uh, at one point, but uh, obviously didn't see its its true value. So it was just one of several options I was thinking about at one point for um, making checks. Anyway, so again, it's a slightly facetious. I'm very pleased that people are making use of these these things, but by the same token, I mean, it's, it's interesting because. I definitely get occasion, you know, I get people emailing saying, "I'd like to borrow your mechanic. Uh, may I, please?" <laughs> and I always say, "Yeah, of course, no problem." Um, you know, in, in theory, you know, it's it's a it's a mechanic, and you know, whether you, whether, which, depending on what kind of IP you talk about, people do say you, you can't uh, copyright a mechanism, a mechanic. Um, you might, I suppose you might be able to patent it if it was not already in the public domain because it is a system. Anyway, that's not really the point. The point is that uh, I just find it interesting that I stumble across these things these days and think, oh, that's really nice. Oh, they didn't mention me. Oh, well, I guess it doesn't matter. Um, so I'm just waiting for my weather hex flower to appear in a, in a Watsy product uh, and then, then, I'll, then I'll know I'm there. I can, uh, I can safely consider myself uh, part of the furniture or my idea um, although uh, you know it's interesting it's definitely something people are running with which is nice but uh, it's, uh, yeah anyway I don't know where I'm going with this just an observation all right cheers oh I, I, I guess in my last episode I said oh I could talk about my building work but no one wants to hear it well I had at least one voice say yeah yeah I want to hear about your misery <laughs> your woes with your building work anyway the short answer is that uh, got about half of it built and then we started noticing some weird problems. I think the first hint was that I noticed that they were putting in a lintel where a steel beam should go and a steel beam where a lintel should go. That was a bit weird because I knew I was looking at the plans and it turned out they had measured it wrong. So instead of putting the, the right piece of a structural support in the right place they just swapped it over because, you know, it fit. Just checked with the structural engineer and he said yeah, you can't do that, funny enough, because that's why I put it on the drawings. And then that made me a little bit sort of alarmed, so I started investigating. I discovered that four of the other steel beams were um, shorter than it uh, they should be, so they also failed building control. And then I thought, I better take a better look at this, this cavity that they were building. And then when I lifted up some insulation, between each insulation level layer, it was like Beirut in the 80s. It was like the clinker field, lots of mortar bridging the cavity, which is a big no-no. I guess if you live in a country without driving rain and whatnot, a cavity wall is probably something you're unfamiliar with, but I can't imagine there's many places like that these days. So anyway, building control failed the insulation for getting horrendously damp and covered in contaminated clinker. So the problem we have now is that we have half a wall, half the extension built with <coughs> a wall, a cavity wall that's been condemned by building control, which means that uh, the inner skin of the cavity wall has to come down 
and uh, interestingly enough the the builder initially said he you know tried everything in his power to convince building control that it wasn't an issue but building control did say it was an issue so um, yeah so the upshot is that at least the inner skin has to come down from the extension and the builder said yeah I know it's my fault and uh, fell building control but you're, you're just fussy so I'm walking away <laughs> I'm off thanks for the money oh yeah and here's a big bill <laughs> so, you really you're charging me for this work anyway so um, if you're in the UK and the builder gives you a big bill particularly if you're with a JCT contract there is such there's a thing called a pay less notice which you can file which says I dispute it which means they can't just come around your house and tow away your Lamborghini um, with the debt collectors or whatever so anyways funny game so have to uh, probably engage a solicitor to see what we can do about sorting this problem out in the meantime find a new builder in the meantime it's five five steps back forward and four steps back because you know we do at least have foundations that pass building control but I guess it's better to know now that these guys well the problem is I don't actually think I don't know actually I think the, the main problem is that the uh, builder used a subcontractor it's always the subcontractor they hadn't been using very long and didn't supervise them and you know what's crazy about it is this the stuff that he's left in the walls would have probably taken about five or ten minutes to remove as he went along I mean on the whole job five or ten minutes yeah it was too lazy to do it and you know what's worse is I asked him on several occasions to remove this stuff and he, he just basically said yeah yeah but didn't ask the main builder to have a word with him to also tell him to remove this stuff and the builder, main builder did but he still ignored him so it's just a funny proverbial cluster um, yeah one of those a massive problem anyway that's the uh, woes I'm currently facing. So, you know, when I should be trying to concentrate on RPG geekery or other things, um, I'm dealing with bullshit, bull dust. Anyway, okay, well, on that cheerful note, <laughs> I hope everyone is doing all right. Weather's warming up here. Um, and um, yeah, let's see how we get on. Cheers, bye.